Go. It's <laughs> not how this works. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, where two seemingly meaningless people talk about very meaningful things. I'm Chris, and with me, as always, is... Leslie. Leslie. And we're actually doing this a little little bit different today. This is a special edition. This is the tr- another travel edition. Is this travel edition number two? Um, yeah, maybe three. We, have we done three travel ones? Today, we're headed to Broken Bow, yeah. Oklahoma, to celebrate Leslie's parents' 50th anniversary, which is crazy. Yeah. 50 years is a lot of years. We're at 15, which, are how far we, does that mean we have to go? Are we 15? Oh, dear. Yeah, we nah. are 15. Remember, that 2020, means... our 15th was 2020. Oh, yeah. So, like, our 15th was... We oh, yeah. We, we didn't just, do anything. We just wrote in our journal. Which also would we have normally done anyway. Yeah, like, our anniversary, not. man. There was one year we, like, walked by each other and, like, gave a high five. Yeah. Because we just were busy. Yeah. You're like, hey, we've been married for and a while. Because if you're happy every day, there's no reason <laughs> to pretend to be more happy on that day. Or spend more money. Yeah, yeah. If you spend money every day. You spend money every day. <laughs> Once an anniversary. <laughs> hey, um, the road got quieter. It did. It'll probably be like, the sound won't be great, but that's fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't think they listen to us for greatness anyway. No. No. Yeah, so what do you want to talk about? Let's let's start out with dedicating this episode to something. Okay, right, I'll Let's ded- stick to our normal shit. I'll dedicate this episode to um, my parents. 50 years. That just seems obvious. Yeah, and also Broken Bow. All well, the that, things you just said. No, you. I mean, how many things? Well, what, is well here, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why okay. I said all that. Okay. We used to go to Broken Bow when we were kids. And we weren't like a big traveling family. Like my dad was <laughs> big we traveling, traveling family. family. Like a circus troupe? <laughs> No, we were not a traveling family. All of our friends were. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) the Jacksons. (laughs) We did have a few tricks we could have done. What tricks? My brother could, like, put one of those giant metal... Oh, this is the one I hear all the time. What? It's a giant... It's impressive. He could put a giant metal... What what is that? Ball bearing. A ball bearing Uh in his belly button and shoot it out. Shoot, he could shoot it out of his belly button. <laughs> what you don't know is that the Jacksons, I don't know if it's physiological or if it's a doctor thing. I don't know. They have the deepest belly buttons. Like amazingly. Like you can't see the end of it. It's, it's really. True. Even when I get pregnant, my belly yeah. button still is deep. Yeah. Even when at she, the end. Like at nine months pregnant, she has a normal belly button. <laughs> it's true. It's not flat. It's certainly not sticking out. It's really crazy. It's. Yeah. So I could, you can put a whole thing of Pez in yours, right? Is that you yeah? It's the Pez organic do a Pez, Pez dispenser. dispenser. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um. Anyway, where were we going? So you're talking about the ball bearing. Oh yeah, that was his trick. I mean, he could put it in. I mean, it's like a 12 yeah. gauge shotgun. Wow! <laughs> shoot it out of there. I've never seen him do it. I don't know. I've heard if, the stories. But I don't I've never know if seen he still can. It. He might have like a stack. Would he suck? Would he now? suck in and then pushes? I guess. Yeah. I mean, you saw him do it. What do you mean, I guess? What well, did I was a like? kid. Like, in a kid's eyes, he probably, like, it would, pushed, it would pushed, like, a, he pushed his nose and it would shoot yeah, out and yeah. go through the wall or something. <laughs> he killed a squirrel. <laughs> he killed a squirrel with it. 
Uh, okay, so that's what, yeah, what other tricks is that? That's one trick for one person. Yeah. Certainly not a need for a traveling My camper. brother Jerry would ride on his skateboard with turkeys on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> like baby turkeys or... See, what you don't know about Jerry is Jerry used to love animals. <laughs> and now, then he became cruel. Something happened. He had horrible things happen. He had to harden his... And so then he started doing horrible things to animals. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it was turkeys. Became it was some bitter. kind of fowl. Yeah. A baby fowl. Yeah. And, and now he's fowl. Matt is kind of good at, like, magic tricks. He's good at mind games. <laughs> oh, I could see him as, like, the mentalist. Yes. Matt the mentalist. Yes. And, I mean, I can, like, I could pick up small coins with my toes. I don't know. It'd be a really great circus. So you'd be like the monkey girl. Yeah. Picking, and it would be funny. Be like, all right, I need. Who has a pocket of the, change? I'd be the chubby who girl. Who has a pocket a Chubby of girl in a leotard. Picking up, spotting dimes. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I always loved a leotard in those days. Did you really? Oh yeah. Huh. My brother Pete got me like a really, like a pastel rainbow leotard with little silver speckles all over it. I loved that thing. That would have definitely been my circus costume. Yeah. So what did this traveling family do with Broken Bow? Oh, yes. The traveling... We weren't a traveling family, but my dad this had... This could have been. My dad was self-employed. He didn't family. get, like, a lot of time off. But we would occasionally go to Broken Bow and get a cabin. And it's such good memories. Um, we'd play cards and just... You know, those, those childhood memories that just, you can almost smell it, taste it. Oh, it's you really know, vivid. Very vivid. Yeah. But we have not been there since I was in elementary school, I think. And so, for my parents' 50th, they are not, <laughs> they're not traveling people or show people. They don't like to make a fuss. They don't like to like be the center of attention. So we, instead of having a big party, we're going to go back to Broken Bow and the whole family is going to be there. We're going to all stay in one big cabin. So we're super excited. I'm excited because this has been like, my emotions have been toyed with for generations with Bo Broken Bow. Like, because I heard these stories, like when we first... He yeah. started dating and got married. Mr. Jackson always talk about how great Broken Bow was, and we're all going to go down there and let's do that again. And even would make fairly like set plans, like we're going to go in August yes. to Broken Bow. We're and I, I was really because I've never been, uh, and then it would just never happen. But since you guys had been so much, wasn't a big deal. Like you guys, right. yeah, we've been to Broken Bow. Yeah, we've you know, just whatever. been dangling it. In yeah, front of you. And so now I get to go. So I'm I'm really excited. Yeah. To see I'm so excited. I, I'm i really getting more excited the longer we've been in the car. Because this morning, I mean, yesterday, when did I start packing and cooking? Like, 9 a.m.? And yeah. I, I didn't stop until, what, midnight? Yeah, it was pretty late. So this morning, it was weird. I fed the baby, uh, then made mashed potatoes <laughs> at like 8 a.m. And then fed the baby and got all our stuff loaded up. All right. 
had to take a quick traveling phone call to get everybody caught up on where we are. They're at the Dino Mart, <laughs> which sounds like something out of the movie Cars. <laughs> it does. <laughs> We're at Dino Mart. And I was like, that's not, I'm not believing that. <laughs> so it's got big old, it's got a big dinosaur. It's like, what? <laughs> reasonably named them. Did he want us to stop for that reason? No. Oh, no. Okay. no. I thought maybe there was like a statue for the kids to look at. Look at this dinosaur. <laughs> So yeah, um, you were up was, all night last night. It was ready. just pretty. It was pretty wild packing wild. for six kids, and and we're bringing all the food. Yeah, so much food. And um, anyhow, it was a frenzy this morning. So now, as we're driving, I'm feeling like I'm getting really excited. I've been excited. So what about you? What's your dedication? Uh, well, my dedication was going to be broken, folks. I was so oh. excited to go, um, but. I would say my dedication is to the kids. Yes. Because we are actually in the car with the kids right now. Yeah. Six kids. And we have... It's a Sinclair station. It's not a dino. Dino Care. No, that's the name of the gasoline. It's not at a Dynamart. What is Dynamart? There's Dynamart. They call it Dynamart. It's a Sinclair station. Okay. Uh, Hi, Mom and Dad. Are they there? Yeah, they're coming... Are they following us? Oh, I yeah. see them. I didn't even wave. No, you didn't. I, I waved in the, of, I waved to this. You waved at the dinosaur. Yeah, I didn't. But really. not it. So I think it's the first time I've been through McAllister, like in the city, city, yeah. in a long time. Uh, so Should anyway, get, like, our kids are the best. Yes. Car travelers. Yes, absolutely. We have great car kids at home. Horrible, horrible <laughs> children. You, know, you wouldn't want anything to do with them. They're just so quiet in the car. Yeah, and it's been like that. I mean, Gideon, how old was Gideon when we took that trip to Washington, D.C.? Like four months old. Yeah, all the way from Oklahoma City to Washington, D.C.? In in a car. In a car, in a sedan. Yeah, and then remember last year, all the way to Nantucket. Last year, all the way to Nantucket, three days, three solid days of They're just quiet and, oh. Yeah. And then my parents just honked and they're going to wake up the babies. Yeah, hey, we we literally just told them. That we, weren't, that we weren't stopping because the babies are asleep. <laughs> and now everything's falling apart. The whole reason... Jack's waking up. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. So anyway, so they're, they're great kids in the car. They do wonderful. Yeah. And... Uh, so, Did you hear Star Wars? No, well, that's really funny. We literally just called the Jacksons to tell them that we weren't stopping to get gas because Jack was asleep. Uh-huh. So they pull up behind us and honk. <laughs> to say hi. To say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and what does Jack do? He wakes I up. I think he really woke up. Well, maybe that. And then your phone rang. And then the phone rang. Same time. And it played The Mandalorian. Well, so he thought he was going to watch The Mandalorian, which isn't happening. Anyway, so yes. Good job, kids. Yeah, kids are doing wonderful. Anyway, so that's what I dedicate to. (laughs) And now we better take care of this, because he's just going to want to know what's going on. Okay, we stopped, got gas, got everybody settled down. uh, And now we continue. Or drive. I think you would have woken up anyway in McAllister. There's a lot of there's a lot of stoplights. We hit for a like a highway red lights. Yeah. Oh, we hit so many red lights. It's just one of those. Oh, in Ogmulgee we hit red lights. McAllister we hit red lights. Slows you down. Kills your kills your trip. ETA. 
Look, we're hitting another red light. As yep. we, it's like we spoke it into existence. All right, so what do you want to talk about today? I mean, we're on our trip. Well, um, one thing I wanted to bring up, and we've talked about this a little bit before. This is really funny. This is all what, you, normally, before we talk, uh-huh. she tells me what we're going to talk about, or at least we get some idea. When I, when I said, anything you want to talk about? She was like, yeah, a lot of stuff. And I was like, what? And she's like, I'm not going to tell you. It's like, what is that? Either, you know, like, first I want to talk so this about- is going to be totally off the cuff. The first thing I want to talk about is voter fraud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just kidding, yeah. just kidding. There's plenty of people I'm talking sure about that. You'll hear a lot of that talk. <laughs> or no, not. <laughs> so um, we've talked a little bit about this before, but it's just been on my mind a lot that your kids, even your little little kids, are people too. Kids. Did you know are that? People too. Yes, and I'll yeah, tell you what, what made me bit. think about this mm-hmm. is I was trying to get to our bedroom. I was busy. Like, I had something on my mind, and Jack was right in the way. He was right in the walkway, and he was, like, doing some sort of sword fight. He had maybe some butter knives and was in just so in the zone, and he was really, like, acting it out, but he was in my way. And it's really easy to see your kids as just just this thing that's standing in your Just path. trash. No. That, and that you need to hurry or just whatever. But I took a minute and thought, you know, he's really literally doing something right now. Yeah. So he's in my way, but I'm in his way. Yeah. <laughs> so it's easy as the parent to be like kind of like a a bully mm-hmm. like everyone do you want them to hop to immediately like if I say do this I want to see you you know if I say jump you say how high but you know sometimes their minds are in some sort of task just like our minds which get. is funny because because they are people I mean uh-huh. people will say well they're supposed to honor you and submit to you but imagine if I did that like as a pastor yeah, or to, as to, a husband. Or to, as a husband, be like, well, you're supposed to honor me. Right. And, you know, Ephesians 5. And you're supposed to and you're supposed to submit to me, also Ephesians 5. So, yeah. pop two. I asked for a drink. I asked for a drink. Why pop didn't two. you get it right hey, away? Hey, I don't want to, I don't make me count to three. And yeah. I shouldn't even have to count to three. You know? Uh, so, but we would only talk to, to children that way. Yeah. As if they are, and I think this, this gets down to just a whole epistemological question. Like, they are... They are image bearers of the Lord, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and in many ways, exemplary mm-hmm. in their faith and in their uh, just childlike innocence and many things. And yeah, and to not treat them as as real individuals mm-hmm. with real wants, real desires yeah. that you are yeah. you are um, sort of sharpening and honing and directing and guiding, but they're. They're not just, you know, they're not going to become people someday. Right. They are people. Right. Even baby Peter, like, it's easy when a baby cries. The first thing you think of is, how is this inconveniencing me? Like That's what you think when a baby <laughs> The first Okay, so the first thing you think when yes. a baby cries is, No, I said it's easy to think that. Especially when you first start out and you haven't had a baby before. And all of a sudden, there's a baby crying sometimes. It's yeah. like... And when you yeah. first said it, it feels, like he's crying. it feels like he's crying all the time. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> right. you're just not used to it. Right. Yeah. It's like I had plans and I or I wanted to sit in church and not be interrupted. Well, this is an actual person who is having some sort of actual need. And um, I don't know. It's just kind of like, you know, when you get married, you're... You're not, you don't just, this person isn't just here for your convenience and to do what you want. Um, and so every time you have a kid, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're adding a person to your house that you have to live in harmony with and in fellowship with and take their needs into consideration. That, that you have to treat as precious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think all of those things are, are essential as, as parents to, to recognize just the that me centeredness just gets broken down mm-hmm. at, at every level yeah and it just gets divided and divided and divided yes uh, and that that's actually a, a good thing mm-hmm. it's better for you than mm-hmm. this idea of well I've, I've done this and that and had to do this mm-hmm. so now I need to I need to resupply my me tank mm-hmm. no that this this dying to yourself that the Lord is is really allowing you to have. He's, he's put these things to help you die to yourself, mm-hmm. to help you lay down your life for others. I mean, he's put it in your home. Um, these people that you can, you know, just give everything for. Don't undo all that by running and sort of gorging on, on selfishness yeah. or self-centeredness for however long. So now you can be like, oh, I'm, whoo, now I, I've gotten that sort of me-focused refill mm-hmm. and I can go and then, again because it's no fun and it's not you know I just got to do it if if you don't see this as this is the means by which I glorify God this is the way that I can take up my cross daily and die for for others that I love and Mm -hmm. then then it does become this horrible duty Mm -hmm. that you've got to hurry up and get out of so you can get back to filling back and that's that's what happens I think a lot of times in you know, in, the, in marriages that are in, on the rocks and relationships with kids, is you realize I, I'm not getting enough me time to satisfy the me. Mm-hmm. So even if you go and you do whatever every however often, and you get someone to take the kids, and you know, you know, whatever, um, it, it, if it is all just me focused, you're going to find out that the me's not going to be satisfied until me gets every second of every day. Yeah, it really yes, I have noticed that, and of course it's fun to go do stuff sometimes. But if that's your yeah, if you're do, if you're doing it's fun to go do stuff. But if right. you're doing stuff as a to way get, to get away, away from this problem yes. thing that I've got that is family, it it or just kids. doesn't heal it. It doesn't solve it. No. You, you come home and I've I've noticed it's actually even because, more jarring because you're not getting away from the problem because the problem isn't them. The problem right. is you. You just took you're it actually you. you're actually isolating yourself with the problem. <laughs> right. Right. So yes. So, so it's like you're not you're not going to help it. It'd be like, how do I get away from COVID? Well, I'm going to get alone with just me and COVID. <laughs> see, see if that, yeah, if that solves it. It's not. It's not going to. No, you just take it with you and, yeah, and you bring it back it. home. No, you take it with you and you feed it, mm-hmm. right? So it's this problem, this me-centered problem. Mm-hmm. Well, let me get away with me for a while, yeah, and and away from them, yeah, and and I'll solve the problem. No, you've taken it out for dinner. You've pet it. Yeah, you've coddled it. Yes. And then when you when it you've spoiled it, and so when it comes back, it's like a child, it's like a petulant child. Uh-huh. You come back with it, and it it now wants it wants more attention. Yeah. And then it's super jarring, like, yeah. when you, it's like, I think it's better for me to just 
not retreat from the, the liveliness because the liveliness is, seems even livelier mm. when I get back. But if I just love it and embrace it. And, and it's important to know it's, it's not bad to, to do, you know, have fun times and all that. Right. But one thing I think people have added to this is as if it is a need to get away. Yeah. If it were a need to get away, the Bible would talk about the need to get away. Right. Right? The Bible would talk about, now talk make about, sure... Yeah, make sure you have date night. Yeah. Well, <laughs> even if it didn't say make sure you have date night, <laughs> you know, make sure that you take time for you and make right. sure... And it doesn't. It, it is nonstop telling you to make sure that you die. But do you know what And to rejoice in the dying. always point out is that Jesus withdrew... <laughs> I mean, every time this conversation comes up, that's the verse that, that people come up with. Yeah. That Jesus went alone to pray. And I always just think, well, that was Jesus. One, that was Jesus. And two, he's not doing it to, like, get to away from the time. problem disciples. Right. And, ha you know, and that's the thing. If you're like, okay, I want to go Fast be with the pray. Lord. It's, yeah, it's not like, we're not saying you can't go do a quiet time or you can't. But it's not, it doesn't say Jesus withdrew because he couldn't stand him anymore. <laughs> right. right? Jesus withdrew because he needed to fill he his was tank. About to crack. Jesus withdrew to continue pouring out more of himself. Right. Right. And so the idea that you withdraw to fill up the you uh -huh. based on Jesus who withdraws to pour himself out with, the, you know, sweat drops of blood and, right. and whatnot. It's just, um, one, you're showing that. Those, those types of things are showing. You're just looking in the text for anything to give you an excuse to do anything. Because that's obviously not what the text is talking about. Right. Um, but, yeah. If you want to withdraw to be like Jesus, what you do is you withdraw and pour your heart out for your children. <laughs> you'd withdraw and you'd pray and fast on behalf of your husband or your wife. Mm -hmm. if, if that's what you're doing, then by all means take that me time. Because <laughs> that's a me time that's not centered on the me. That's a me time that's centered on the Lord. Right. Uh, and, yeah, I'll give you permission to do that. <laughs> But I yeah. don't think that's what you're doing when you go to, like, adult Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. <laughs> Isn't there a proverb we like about isolating yourself? Do you remember how it goes? Uh, I, I could remember it. I don't remember. I, it always jumps out at me because yeah. that was a, that is. Something, something about the that, one who isolates himself comes to ruin, you know, yeah, that sort of something. It is, but it is the first thing you want to do. Like, you want to get away and you want to withdraw. Mm -hmm. And that's not. Like you're saying, in the rest of scripture, that is not the call. The call is to die, yeah. pour yourself out, run yeah. your race with endurance, don't grow weary of doing good. No, yeah. All these yeah. things. I mean, the, so the Bible, so what do you have there? You don't have the Bible telling you you're going you're gonna to need to take me time. It just says don't grow weary. Mm -hmm. It says, what does it say? So then you get passages like uh, in Hebrews. You, you look to these witnesses who have done the same thing you've done. The Lord has taken care of them. They were strangers. They were aliens. Their lives were far more horrible than yours. And the Lord didn't give them a retreat. He gives them a rest when they die. Mm -hmm. They rest in the Lord. We can talk about the four or five rests found in the book of Hebrews. But he gives them, he gives them rest. He provides for them. Uh, but then it says after looking at them, what do you do? Well, now quit drooping. Strengthen your weak knees and get to work. It doesn't say, so go and sort of, you know, refill the you. It says, look at others who've done the same thing as you, and God has taken care of them. Yeah. So you get all these passages telling you, don't grow weary, be strong, mm -hmm. be courageous, like strengthen up, mm -hmm. not, 
you know, well, find a time to get away. Right. And I, I love that so much because it um, leads into something someone asked me this week. But one thing I've, I've found is that it's like a magic thing. You do pour yourself out. We do out. not believe in magic. <laughs> we do believe in We magic. believe in God magic. That God's, yeah. like, God's creation is just magic. Everything's yeah. magic. Yeah. But it's really crazy. You pour yourself out in faith. He really does fill you back up. Um, all of the tricks we have for trying to, to take care of ourselves, they don't work. But when you are obedient and you're doing it to glorify God and out of love for Him, He takes care of you. Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. But someone asked how... I shared a picture of our kind of topsy-turvy looking house and talked about how, you know, I, I go around kind of cleaning all day, pretty much. Sweeping things up and shutting yeah, drawers, putting all things time. away. She and lets you know about you hear her sigh. <laughs> She's like a steam engine. She works and... <sighs> I try not to. She, she does. Oh, so something I've said often on social media is imagine if we stopped trying. Because <laughs> um, it looks pretty lived in. And if we quit trying it, we, we would live in a, a heap of, of stuff. Yeah, we've got the oxes making messes <laughs> in the barns, right? As so many, supposed to happen. So many oxes. But we're at least sweeping up along the, the way. The barn is getting we don't just let We don't just let the oxes <laughs> run amok. Right. On but someone asked, like, how do you get to a point where you're comfortable with that? And we were kind of, there were some people talking about different personalities. Like, some people are less organized. Mm. And they don't thrive in chaos. And, and I don't thrive in chaos. You know that. Like, no. I love order. And I wouldn't say I'm like a... Noiseless. I'm not a neat freak. But I, I like order. I don't like clutter. I like for things to be just, you know, clean and pretty. Yeah. And, um, so I don't thrive in that sort of setting. So how do you get to a point where you do? Mm. And well, one of the things that I think that's what made me start thinking too about how our kids are people. Like you're not seeing them and their work as just this thing that is in your way and messing up what you want. Um, realizing that the things that they they're working on like it, it may look like a mess but it's something that is important to them and it's engaging them you know also just gratitude mm-hmm. being so thankful like for the people in your house and thinking about the alternative <laughs> like yeah what would I rather would mm-hmm. I rather have yeah. a clean house or and none of these children so, you know, everyone does have these different personalities. And the good thing about before it comes even into a home, you're already working through different personalities just in your marriage. Right. Because right? two people are different. So marriage, I, I love that this is, you know, one of the reasons that marriage happens before family, one of the, the many, is you get used to that reshaping of the you mm-hmm. into the us. Yes. Right? So if you go into, if you go into marriage demanding that the us become the me. Right. Right? Then you're going to have all sorts of difficulty. But if you if you lay down your life for each other, submitting to one another, you know, honoring one another, loving one another, you begin to 
take on and, you know, in some cases accept or even, you know, evolve, so to speak, or adapt. Right? Mm-hmm. We like the word adapt better. We, you begin to adapt not to a certain way of life, mm-hmm. but you, you're you in love with the person, so you quit judging your life based just on the situation right. and, and saying my happiness is based on the, the cleanliness or the environment that I'm in. Mm-hmm. No, my happiness is bound to the Lord and then through the Lord to this person. Yes. And so as if this person isn't abusing me, isn't, you know, I mean, they're just doing their thing, none of which are sinful. That's right? exactly what I was going to uh, None of them are sinful. Yes. Then I can't hold them yes. to my sort of standards. How did you get into my head? I, this is because we've been together this a lot. This is exactly where I was going. And so anyway... And so you see this. I mean, this is true. This is a good lesson to learn in, in every situation. Because the Bible talks about the danger that we have as believers of going beyond the word, so to speak. Yes. And putting these strictures or guidelines on others. And you should be like this. Yes. And it could go both ways. Like, uh, if we're going to use the, the metaphor of those who are loose with the law or those who are tight with it. You're going to people who are like, you know, hey, you need to just be messier. Right. Because I'm messy. You should be messier. And others I say, no, I'm, I'm clean, cleaner, mm-hmm. tidier. Mm-hmm. You should be tidier. Yeah. Uh, and if you're not, it means you don't love me, or it means yeah. that we're not compatible, or this isn't going to work out. No, what you've done is you've created this law, created this scenario mm-hmm. of what you wanted, yes. and you've begun to worship that. And you can even do that in, with your kids, like... You need to have this type of personality. Yeah, and and you have to obey. Well, it's it's difficult because if you tell them to clean, you they have to obey you. Yes. But if you're but you have to be careful. You have to guard your own heart and make sure that you're not just telling them to clean up or to have the house to be a certain way. Right. That it does not necessarily need to be, and then scolding them. Yes. When when the house doesn't look like it could pass some drill sergeant's inspection. Having crazy standards. Mm -hmm. That are more based on your personal preference than actual godliness. And in fact, worrying more about that than you do their godliness. Right. So, being frustrated that the house isn't clean, but you haven't noticed that your kids haven't read their Bible today or prayed or talked Mm -hmm. about God. Mm -hmm. Right? And you haven't talked about God. Right. You've talked about needing to clean the table off. And you've talked about needing to get this done. But you haven't, and, and when it says in Deuteronomy over and over again, talk about him when you rise, when you sleep, when you, it, it, it's not, it's talking about him, not talking about, they don't need to hear about, you know, their, their chores all day long, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, they need to be hearing about the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so just make sure that, that you're not skipping the yeah. most important things because of your Yes. personal proclivities. And that's what I think has really shifted for me is realizing what you have to have in your house. And the thing you have to have is being in fellowship. Yeah. And you have to be Yeah. You can't be as a mom just holding everyone to this imaginary standard that you've made up that then when everyone can't meet it you start sinning. This is one of the things that we go over with in marriage counseling is laying out expectations for life. What do you think married life is going to look like? What do you think home life is going to look like? Because we don't, like, we don't think about these things until we're in them. And it's the same thing with family. You don't think about how do I want my kids to behave? What do I want them to do? Mm -hmm. And if you're not laying down, like even, I tell them, write down, 
write down your expectations because mm-hmm. what can you do if you write them down you can evaluate them according to scripture or not yeah and if you write down all these expectations and you look at them and say when I ask you okay so where does this come from in the Bible uh-huh. or what is this based on where prin- principally where do you get this mm-hmm. and if you start to see you've got 30 rules for the home mm-hmm. that have no basis in God's word and you've got three <laughs> that have to do with creating a godly home you right. can already begin to see yeah. where this might be leading to trouble. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's a gr- that's a great question because it's mm-hmm. something that we all face. You face it as an individual when you join the church. Mm-hmm. You face it as a couple when you uh, meet together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you face it as a family as more added uh, to the family and then more and more each with their own personalities yeah. uh, and their own way of living. But it is an absolute... I mean, you, you, could, you hear the Lord talk about this in Romans. He talks about it in 1 Corinthians. He talks about it in Colossians. There is a danger to hold people to a standard Mm -hmm. that is not a standard from God. Mm -hmm. It is a standard from you, but you expect them to treat it as if it is from God. In fact, you expect them to treat it as if it's greater than it's from God because you don't care as much about them holding the Godly standard. Yeah, and you act like you're a God when they don't mean it. Like you're some sort of Greek God. Yeah. (laughs) That's just... The the spiteful... Mean. Who is allowed to sin, right? (laughs) Right. So when they... So I always tell parents, like... When you lose self-control, like, so your kids are not being self-controlled. They're not being disciplined. Uh And you lose your discipline over yourself Hmm. in telling them how they're not disciplined. You, who've been disciplining yourself for 20 more years than they have, Mm -hmm. uh, and then you set the example by losing Mm -hmm. your own discipline. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And it is, you're very very right. It's very similar to, like, the Greek gods where... (laughs) They're these, they demand absolute obedience, but they're so petulant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like for a mom, if you are just spewing your bad attitude everywhere because the house isn't or Or not spewing, getting cold to your children, you know. What, your house is not clean. It's it's tainted by sin. You've dirtied it up with something way worse than that pile in the floor that the kids haven't picked up. Listen, I know this is a big struggle because you do. She vomits all over our house. (laughs) No, you've got people coming over here in a hurry. You you have the schedule in your head that everyone else doesn't have. And it is so easy to get so focused on that that you just throw everything else else yes. that's in the way you just kind of like it becomes a problem yes. even even godliness right, right? right. even godly fruits mm-hmm. uh, godward thinking that becomes a problem to achieving your more important goal yeah. which is having this house look good right and, uh, so- and if they came in and they had these sort of x-ray glasses they could see the stains that you had spewed oh, all yeah. over your children and your husband and yeah. I mean that would really be a truly shocking thing. Yep. They'd be like, this house is messy. Yeah. But not messy. Segway. I don't know if you're done with that. Mm. We're on this drive on Highway 1 here, and the trees are getting so close to the road. It's really beautiful. It is pretty. Yeah, We're getting close. We're getting close to the Talamina I, Drive. Yeah. Scenic Highway. I can't look around because my neuron gets distracted. Yeah, like, she can't. Four times I've been like I have this great thought and it's just like so we're we're recording I'm 
watching the Google map on my lap because it's ca crazy roundabout way and gazing at the trees around us. And talking. And, oh yeah, and talking. And remembering scripture. And Le Leslie's just like, and I'm like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> hold, she's thinking, hold the phone. Hold the phone. <laughs> Don't drop the phone. Don't hit stop on accident. So if I look at a tree, I'm just out You're of done. Here. We'll, yeah. we'll have to pause and be back in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but just to wrap that up, that that is definitely the thing that has taken me from someone who thrives who doesn't thrive under chaos to someone who's okay with it yeah. is because the Lord has taught me what's important mm -hmm. and it's that I stay cheerful that I stay thankful that I and, I and I hope you see we're not talking about letting sinful chaos reign in your home right but what we are talking about is you make sure you're not letting sinful chaos reign in your heart. Yes. Uh, and then having your home be tidy and yeah. your heart be And that's what you just have to figure You've got to figure yeah. out a way to do what needs to be done, to be a good leader. Like, I sometimes think, like, I've got to treat this like I'm at work. Like, I'm at work. I have a team of people under me. I've got to figure out a way to, to get our housework done in a way that isn't just trampling over the, them that's keeping, you know, if you had a job, like... The, the Lord has laid out for you the responsibility, the things he wants you to do in the home. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot in scripture about the importance of tidying it up. Uh -huh. But there is a lot of it in scripture about the importance of setting an example, yes. not provoking your children to wrath... Uh, you know, talking about him all the time, mm -hmm. those sorts of things. And if you have time to do the other stuff, then you can do it. And, do and it if you can do it while time. you're doing the other stuff, yeah. even better. You just have to. And if if you haven't been, you need to repent and and try again. Let's be straight up calling you to repent. <laughs> Listen, if you haven't done that, you need to repent. Well, I had to do but, it yesterday, yeah, do. didn't I? Packing. Yeah, we can we can talk about the the goodness of repenting and confessing to your to your children, which yeah. is what you did. I did. I was yeah. like, okay, I just, and it was quick, right? Yeah. Just got off track for just a second, got a little uptight. Um, sorry about that, everybody. Sorry. That didn't bring honor to the Lord. Shouldn't have done yeah. that. And then we, we went on our way. So, First anyhow, we threw stones at you. Is there anything else? No, I, I think that's good. That's a good topic. Okay, do you have any jello salad? Oh, you mean, is that it for the episode? Sure, because uh, we're about to hit the, uh, the the scenic drive, and I will, you'll yeah, want to be paying attention to that. Yeah, I want to look around. Mm, let's see. So I did the surprise jello salad last time, because with okay. the zoo animals, so it's your turn do this you, time. Do you have any, where did you used to go when you were a kid? Do you have any trip memories from your we childhood? We would go, my favorite place to go when we went on trips is we would go skiing in Colorado. Yeah. And that was always... Drive. A blast. Yeah, we would get in. We had this. So we had this huge van. A big red. It's like a bivouac. I did your dad know it. it was red? No, my dad did not. He's colorblind. He had no idea. Because it was like a magenta red. <laughs> you know what? It was not It was not like some masculine red. It was... Is this the one? Didn't he buy a... Is this the one? No, no. That's He had an explorer that he had had for years <laughs> that he thought was gray, and we finally told him it was purple. <laughs> he had no idea. Like, the absolute shock on his face. I mean, because it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, it wasn't a feminine purple, right. you know. It was a, was it like dark? a plum, uh -huh. you know. 
but he thought it was charcoal gray, I and he it just wasn't lavender. And he thought we were messing with him at first, and we were telling oh, him. Oh, that about would it. be so difficult. And, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we would get this big, and when I say big, I mean this ain't nothing. We could walk around in it as kids. It's crazy. Uh, A van. Oh, they yeah. And we took it on on trips. It was like our trip van. Yeah. It was like just a little bit smaller than like an RV sort of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, the back would fold out into a double bed, would lay down into a double bed. You had two captain seats that could come out, and so that you could make the whole behind the driver's seat That's, just flat. That is 80s magic. Yeah, my dad hooked up a black and white TV to the Nintendo, so we could, <laughs> and then and then ran one of those uh, DC power converters, uh-huh. and and we would play Nintendo on our trip. We would lay in the floor. So you weren't buckled up. No, no. We were sleeping. We would right. sleep on that bed. I would sleep under it in front of the air conditioner. There were six air conditioner vents lined up in the back on the yeah. floor. And I would lay in front of them and freeze to death. That is the life. It was so much fun. And and, and when we went to the trips to Colorado, we'd buy a five-pound bag of gummy bears. Uh-huh. And we would just eat them <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> and when it got dark, you'd play the game, who's going to get the yellow one? Was that the bad one? Ugh. Yes. <laughs> and so we would, we would eat, and when you got the yellow, everyone, oh, I got a yellow one. But the odds of getting a yellow one were greatly increased because during the daytime you skip the yellow ones, so then it was just a lot of yellows at night. Man. But we would go skiing at, at Christed Butte because they uh-huh. have like free ski pass days and stuff like that. It was really fun. Did you stay? Where where would you stay? I don't know. We'd stay up on the like mountain. a condo or something. We'd, yeah, we stay on a condo on the mountain. But one time we went, we slid. The, we went, me and our uncle. Uh, he was in a he was in a Chevy Blazer in front of us, and Mm-mm. they nope. it was icy going down the mountain. They slid off the road, oh. down the embankment. They ended up nose down in a creek, no. a frozen creek, and the water was coming up. Are you kidding no, me? Into the front oh, of the Blazer, word. and his daughter and her friend were in there. My dad had to, so we're on this road. He can't stop. Oh. So he has to take the van off the no. the highway, down the embankment ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, up to the river, hoping that we'll be able to figure out how to get out of this field. I mean, he had to plow through a barbed wire fence because uh, there, I mean, smoke's coming out, you know, Are you all kidding? this because the water's hitting the, the hot engine. So all this steam is just that billowing is out. Yeah. So then me and my friend Caleb was with me. We were maybe juniors in high school and we had to we had to jump out and and he carried my cousin and I carried her friend and you carried a woman to safety yes out of a frozen river my hero and now we're married no it wasn't me it It wasn't me I hate her who is she yeah yeah (laughs) um but anyway so that was that was crazy and then we had to try and get out that's you know it was it was it was snowy it was icy i so don't have any interest in going to colorado in the winter yeah just no thanks it was it was it was when my dad was like we've got to go down Uh and my mom was like mike (laughs) uh and he was like (laughs) we went off what did she do when he was doing that your mom i'm i'm sure she just screamed yeah. I mean, I don't. I just remember thinking this is so cool. Wow. I wasn't scared. I mean, I mean, what like, a, I, mean I wasn't scared. That's a pretty boss a, move from your dad. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a dude. Going through a barbed wire fence. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah, 
We did that once, one time. Of course, all I was thinking is, well, this is going to make us late for skiing. <laughs> my uncle was like, I'm glad it was Elise. Woo. Uh, but, that is crazy. Yeah, it was, nonetheless, it was ruined. Well, the tow truck had to come and pull it out of the river, and it was like... And y'all were probably just freezing, waiting for all this to happen. Yeah, yeah. Sounds fun. It was a blast. Um, now I want to go get gummy bears. It's a big old five-pound bag. Yeah, we should bears. do that yeah. for our kids. Yeah, I don't eat sugar, though, now. They're all, Maybe that's they're all wiggling their eyebrows back there, like, yeah. You oh, guys see the pretty trees? That's gorgeous, guys. Look at these trees. Wow. So, uh, our kids are still awake. This is how quiet they are in the car. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, what about you? Well, I talked I mean, a little bit about yeah. Broken Bow earlier, but we... Would, but what did y'all do when you went down to Broken we, Bow? I don't feel like you told us Well, mostly us we would just go to Leveland, Texas for holidays. Oh. was our ma- main trips. Yeah. <laughs> Which Leveland is a is real a tourist place. paradise. Great place, Leveland, Texas. <laughs> West Texas. Lots of fine. Lots of beauty. There. Lots of sand. Lots of no trees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, um, Broken Bow. I just remember. A, I just remember flashes of things like a pottery making place, and uh, there's a river that we would walk in, and my parents cooking out, and I remember them playing card games. Do you remember, like, as a kid watching grown-ups play cards? Oh, yeah. And it just being like they'd get so into it. It was I don't know. We played That sticks out to when, me. So when we went to my dad's parents, they played a game called Spite and Malice. Uh-huh. You had three decks of cards. You'd shuffle them all together and what it basically was, it was phase 10 now. Is what there it's another name to that game? I don't know. We just called it Spite and I Malice. I think my family might have called it something. I, I loved it. A little different. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, my grandfather was a pastor, so probably. <laughs> You're looking at me like the name might have been a little shady. Maybe. Yeah. I don't um, know. I'll have to ask my mom. But She'll lie about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so card games were cool. Watching yeah. and when you finally got old enough, you could say, can I play? They would play spades, I think, my family. Oh, spades. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I don't have That way, one. that way. Is that where you want us to go, Jack? My neuron is getting distracted. Because it is gorgeous. God has made some beautiful land down here around Tallahena. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening today. I hope that helps. hope it gives you some encouragement in, in the home. And, uh, hopefully you and your traveling family uh, <laughs> will we'll have some good memories together. Uh, pray for us as we do ours. All right, everybody. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.